Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action, as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Tim is the CTO at Vital Tech Services and CEO at ComplianceRisk.io, where he is shaping the future of policy risk management. In the interview, he shares how programming came very naturally to him, but the transition from programming to leadership and management meant that he needed to learn to compromise and not always being right, and then what it means to effectively communicate. He also shares the importance of discipline and camaraderie, which he learned from the military. And he shares the important lesson of learning the job of the human above you and then teaching your job to the human below you to grow in your career. Hi, Hi Tim. Tim. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, wonderful to have you here. Can you share a bit about yourself, who you are and what do you do? Sure. Um, I'm Tim Golden. I'm the founder of ComplianceRisk.io. ComplianceRisk.io is an IT company that provides compliance services to managed service providers. Consider us staff augmentation. Consider us your expert in uh, all things compliance, be it HIPAA, CMMC, NIST, SOC, ISO, all those mouthful of acronyms um, that a lot of companies need to adhere to these days. And so we've been in that space since about 2006, and we help IT companies with three different models. The first model is a peer group. Don't need to give you all the gory details, but in our peer group, we offer weekly meetings, training courses, a bunch of material. Um, and we like to use that as the teach you to fish model. Our second offering, what we've discovered is that a lot of MSPs are learning a lot of great stuff being part of our compliance peer group, but some of them just need bench strength. Some of them need help. And so we have staff here that can help your MSP with staff augmentation, um, doing evaluations against CMMC, HIPAA, all the other frameworks that are available. We like to call that, we fish with you model. 
And our third platform, which we'll be rolling out in January as a documentation service to help you and your clients manage all these unwieldy documents that you have to handle when it comes to compliance. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, before we go into that, uh, can you share a bit more of your backstory, how you got to where you're today? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting story. I was a mechanic in the military for 13 years um, back in the, gosh, mid-90s. I started building computers, and I was, like, very hands-on technical. When I quickly realized I spent a zillion dollars building this desktop that I sold for only a couple hundred dollars and then spent decades trying to repair, I quickly learned that selling hardware was not as lucrative as it could have been. So I started writing code and programming. Um, that kind of led me through my career path of from a developer to uh, all the way up to CTO at this point. Um, you know, working for companies that work for federal agencies. Um, back in 2006, we got a federal government contract that said, you will adhere to NIST 853. NIST is the National Institute of Standards and Technologies. And 853 is a list of controls that we as an organization needed to adhere to. That began my compliance journey back in 2006. Here I am 17 years later, trying to take the knowledge that I've fumbled through over the last 17 years and teach the next generation so I don't have to anymore. Interesting. Can you share a little bit more of those transitions, like from a mechanic to a programmer and now as a leader, as an entrepreneur, what has been some of the key challenges or the key learnings along the way? Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of little transition points along the way. Um, as I said, I've always been kind of mechanically inclined and wanted to fix stuff, hence being a mechanic, right? Um, as I quickly learned, hardware back in the day wasn't a very lucrative business. But I had a friend that was starting this web thing, doing stuff with car dealerships. And so I found that I could actually take my abilities and apply them to something that wasn't necessarily hardware. Programming came very natural to me in the early days. Um, I don't know, it's just how my brain works. Uh, tab A, slot B, it's logical mm -hmm. thinking out of how I operate. But as I progressed through that and brought on more challenges and leading development teams, and then taking on a more managerial kind of role, building out more stuff, um, as those transition transpired, I went from programming to leadership roles kind of naturally as the world progressed. Thank you. Yeah, and I think every technical person or every logical person, when they start to lead people, uh, they have to unlearn a lot of the skills, and which are not always uh, easy because it becomes so much a part of who you are. Uh, can you share a little bit about like the challenges it presents when you start to deal with people? Because then people, you can't operate with a, like a slot A, slot B yeah. mentality. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to actually dive back to my military career, right? So going up through the ranks in the military, being from a grunt private E1 all the way through an East Five and getting up in the ranks there. It was obviously a lot of leadership training that the military had to offer to me personally, but I also took the initiative to try to learn and grow myself as well, be it through books or other learning material courses and whatnot. But, you know, some of the challenges, like you said, with 
dealing with humans because you can't program them like you can program computers. Um, I really needed to learn some effective communication techniques. I learned it, I needed to learn compromise, not always being right. <laughs> In fact, mm -hmm. one of the hardest lessons I had to learn was that, you know, there are ways there are people way smarter than me in some of these disciplines. And I use that as a way for me to grow, right? I've spent a lot of my life um, reflecting on areas in which were challenges for me, but I have a core group of people that speak the truth and love to me and tell me where, you know, where I'm doing wrong, where I could improve. And I take their advice to heart and I try to make those changes along the way. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And uh, how has that journey been? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of very successful techies or programmers, they also come from a place of like, I have to show or I have to prove my worth. And then that's where uh, to see yourself as not the smartest in the room becomes a challenge. Uh, so how has that been for you? And how do you see it? Because you, now you work with other techies also who are growing up to be managers. How do you see that uh, that play out? Well, so, you know, showing our worth, right? And that's really hard for coders, right? Because years ago, it used to be, how many lines of code did you write today? Well, programming's gotten so efficient nowadays that it's not necessarily the number of lines of code anymore. In fact, one of my first jobs as a coder was literally I had quotas of lines of code that I had to meet. <laughs> it was crazy nuts. What I could say is, you know, working with uh, your current infrastructure, working with your current leadership team, they're going to help set realistic KPIs, key performance indicators. They're going to help set those uh, ones that are obtainable. And I think as a manager, looking at how are the people ahead of me leading me? What can I take from those situations? And how can I pass that on down to the people underneath me or alongside me, right? So, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of ego in the tech space and the challenge becomes like setting the ego at the door and being able to share that wealth of knowledge across everybody. Like that's what I really like about the uh, managed service provider, the MSP community is that we tend to share a lot and we grow and bounce ideas off each other a lot. That's why peer groups and forums, that's what Reddit, for example, there's such a wealth of information and people want to share that. So one of the key pieces I could give, you know, a budding entrepreneur or a budding manager is learn from others, but give back twice as much as you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's uh, very relevant. And I'm also quite curious since you mentioned uh, the military, like what did you learn about leadership from the military, which you still use, which is still very relevant? And what is it that you learned, which is no longer useful? Because, right, we, first of all, military and work is quite different. And then we are living in a very different age right now. We're more focused on diversity, equality, respect, uh, and a very different kind of leadership back than maybe two or three decades ago. Yeah, you know, I would say for me, where I was at 16, 17 years old, the military was the best thing for me in my life. I'm going to go on a limb and say it's probably the best thing for most 17, 18-year-old humans, whether, mm -hmm. whatever, however they identify, 17, 18-year-old humans, right? Being able to get that discipline, being able to get that sense of camaraderie, that sense of family, uh, which is kind of lacking nowadays in our world, right? We're so disconjointed, right? We're so spread all over the internet. And, you know, for me, 
that camaraderie, that family, that connection, that I'm going to die for my buddy next to me and he's going to die for me. Well, not, well, you know what I mean by that. So those were some really good things that I learned uh, from the military. One of the probably single most important thing that I learned was learn the job of the human above me and teach my job to the human below me, right? And I've kind of always approached life like that. Like people way smarter, I want to learn from. And people that are alongside me or coming up through the ranks, I want to share that knowledge. I want to give them the same opportunities that we all can have. Thank you. I think that is so relevant. And uh, I think that speaks of responsibility. And what I see is so many people wait to be given responsibility. And what you're sharing is that, right? So you can choose to take that for the role above you and then really start to demonstrate that. And that will actually help you get that role uh, faster in, in real life. In it, it will. So uh, one of the things I picked up on was initiative, right? Taking the initiative on oneself to not only better yourself, but better the person next to you, right? Initiative is something that's really hard for a human to actually co comprehend and put into practice. Um, I kind of learned that from my grandfather as a kid, right? We would go on walks, we would do stuff together. Um, and he would always encourage me like, oh, there's a piece of trash. You should pick it up and throw it in the trash. And that kind of instilling from him helped build my initiative to like see something do something right don't wait on somebody else oh somebody else will pick up the trash that's beneath me no you're right there take the second pick it up throw it away right initiative is really a challenge i think with the younger generation these days um you know i see that a lot in in, in my kids and their friends my kids have great initiative but i see a lot of their friends just you know, in their late 20s and 30s, still living at home, waiting to win the lottery. You got to grab those opportunities. You got to make that stuff happen. And you can make that stuff happen. You know, I get it. Life is hard. Circumstances are hard. My backstory was hard. But here I am at almost 50 years old, building my second company, right? And it's possible for you to do it as well. Thank you for adding that. I think... Uh... Uh, I think sometimes in in that drive to be independent or to be our own self, we can lose the values or the structure or the discipline that you mentioned, right? Which uh, has its benefit, especially at a young age when you're still learning and you're still molding into a, a personality. So thank you for adding that, right? And as you shared, right, you're creating your company here. Can you share a little bit about the future, right? What lies ahead for you? What keeps you up at night? Yeah, so thanks for asking, right? So... We've been an IT service provider for longer than it was an actual acronym now, MSP. And, you know, we've kind of gone through the gamut of learning what's worked, what doesn't work, how to become operationally efficient, right? In the last several years, we've noticed a huge shift in the U.S. here with compliance, right? Insurance companies asking for things like, do you have a password policy? Do you have an incident response plan, right? The landscape of technology is shifting. We hear a lot about cybersecurity. We hear a lot about compliance. And we've been in those battles for 17 years, day in and day out. I can show you the countless number of books and stuff that I've had to learn and sledge through for decades, well, 17 plus years. And so we recognize this opportunity 
to take myself and our staff and our wealth of knowledge and give it to the next generation, hopefully get paid along the way, <laughs> right? So, you know, our goal here at Compliance Risk is to take our knowledge and grow the next generation of IT tech leaders and MSPs under, behind us, right? Because at some point, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and that, that point is approaching closer and closer every day. So we founded Compliance Risk to fill that need for compliance for IT service providers. Yeah. <clears throat> and what is it that, that you find most challenging in this, right? Yeah, when, and it, going ahead in the future as well. Yeah, you'll ask any IT guy that runs an IT company, they're going to say sales and marketing is the hardest part. Um, and yeah, I would say sales and marketing is a hard part. But again, you can find the right people to fit those roles. You can take some courses to learn yourself. Me personally, contrary to what you might believe, I'm a little bit of an introvert. You know, I just got back from a huge conference where there was 4,500 IT providers there. And it was a little overwhelming. But it was also great because I was able to connect with some humans there, but not all 4,500. It was a little overwhelming at points. I just had to go back mm -hmm. and chill for a little bit. But the things that keep me up at night is obviously the cyber threats that we face, um, seeing others in the community, not necessarily wanting to take that next step to better their company. Um, not like necessarily reaching out. So for me, it's like, I have all this stuff that I want to give people and help them learn. And it kind of sometimes falls on deaf ears. And that kind of bothers me, right? Like I'm here to help, right? Sure. I need to be paid for my time. It's America. Like we all need to be paid for our time, whatever, but I'm here to help. Our team is here to help. And, you know, I, those are the kinds of things like. Other IT people just not getting it, not wanting to care, and not see the writing on the wall of what's coming to the industry fast and furious. That is compliance. Thank you. I think I see that that care, right? That you deeply care about that, but also that initiative, right? What you mentioned earlier, right? That you're not just sitting on your heels, caring about something. You're going out and talking to those people, and even putting yourself in those uncomfortable uh, situations, like in a big conference as an introvert. And also, I loved how you shared, right, that it, if it gets overwhelming, you can still, like, enforce your boundaries. You can go back and make sure that you your, like, uh, space is taken care of before jumping into that again, right? But, yeah, but you were sharing something about sales and marketing, right? And I know a lot of founders who have roots in technology or engineering, and they found it uh, really difficult. Or I would even say they have an aversion to sales, and they hope for people to find them. Uh, can you share what has worked for you? What did you have to learn? What challenges did you have to overcome in, in your case? So there's a couple of different angles here, right? So as compliance risk, I and our company had just started sharing our knowledge. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the socials, kind of putting stuff out there, having our face and our voice and our message out there in the platforms. People ask a question, we respond. People have a concern, we jump on a phone call, right? So being present and being present in the communities in which are relevant to your business, right? One method of kind of growing yourself out there is just be present. You might not think you have something valuable to say. Say it anyways, right? 
Uh, one of the key goals I have for 2023 is to do at least one video per week on some relevant topic to put it out there, right? To kind of continue to educate our community. Now, as a managed service provider, there's all kinds of things. You can do your SEOs, you can hire lead gen, you can buy, you know, crappy email lists. Again, the whole concept still is the same. Find your target market, build a process around that target market and follow that process, right? One of the things that we've done as our MSP is pick a vertical. Let's just say, for example, veterinary practices. Go find where those veterinary people hang out, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and become part of their community, not to sell them, but to chime in and learn about them and learn about their business. And at some point, someone's going to ask a question that you as a technologist can help solve, right? Become a thought leader in that vertical and people will come to you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I love that because I think um, I think sales itself is evolving from like a very cold or a very direct approach to what you're sharing, right? By giving first, by being educational, by building a community, by contributing. And again, not with an intention to sell, but with an intention to be in that network so that opportunity basically arises organically of its own. Yeah, a good friend of mine, Wes Spencer, did a video the other day on LinkedIn. It was, he called it the one take, right? The concept of just having that one take, like don't sit there for hours editing and refining, like try to be as articulate as you can and maybe edit out a couple of bloopers, but most part, try to do that in the one take. But what he really was saying overarching, something that really struck home for me was just start talking to people, just start sharing that knowledge. The more you share, the more that you can help grow that community and the expert that you are, the more it's going to come back, right? Um, and that was, you know, that really struck home for me. Like, sure, some of my content is behind a paywall, but I'm going to start putting out more information and more of that content because, like I said in the beginning, my goal in life is to teach the next generation of IT service providers all this compliance stuff. So at some point, mm. I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like as uh, any entrepreneur knows, any business owner knows, uh, this life is full of uh, pressure, of ups and downs, right? So how do you navigate those challenges? Or when the times get difficult or when the moments get difficult, how do you manage that? How do you manage yourself to manage your yeah. business? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you might hear a little like gnarly in my voice today. I got back from the conference, had a major sinus infection for four days. I was in bed straight this week. Yesterday was the first day I was actually able to get out of bed and be coherent. And so, you know, managing myself as I'm laying there awake, feeling like crap all week, all the things that I should be getting done, I need to get done, I have to get done, call this person, email that thing, do this thing, like all that pressure of, oh my gosh, I just lost four days worth of work. But, you know, here it is, Friday morning, and I'm slowly starting to catch up. And people that were expecting of me things are understanding, like, we all know people get sick, life happens, right? So I think a lot of like the pressure that we might feel as an entrepreneur, we kind of bring upon ourselves, 
Mm. Right. Um, as very big contracts I had to get out this week that I didn't get out and result in lost opportunity. And if that happens, but because I built those relationships, it most likely won't happen. So I think the pressures that we face as entrepreneur come at us at all angles. For me, how I decompress is Netflix. You can probably see my TV behind me over there on the top. Yeah. I end my day with two episodes of whatever the heck it is that I'm watching and it shuts my brain off and it brings me down and then I can sleep. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I think shutting your brain off and many people do it with TV, people do it with sports. Some people have arts, uh, but it's so relevant to actually give your brain a break. Uh, and the second thing which I learned is right is what you shared about relationships and it's like the pressure is most often a result of focusing on something short term or worrying about something short term. But if you focus on what really matters, as you said, relationships, even if there is a short term impact, it doesn't really yeah, change the direction or the clear like purpose or the passion that is coming out in, in, in your voice right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you for adding that. And now to shift gears a little bit and also to close our interview. Can you share something uh, interesting about you, which most people aren't aware um, Well, I once ran a fairly successful photography business for years while doing IT. So basically a zillion hours a week. <clears throat> um, that was interesting. As a tech guy, like the technical ability of actual photography, f-stop, shutter speed, all that fun technical stuff was something that I really enjoyed lining up the shots, all of that. But it was more relational building, right? And that's really like where I get into kind of understanding how community is important. And I'll share one more nugget with you. I was actually going to leave the IT space um, a few years ago. I was actually going to start my own brewery and distillery in distillery. And um, as life happens, my body will no longer allow me to consume alcohol unless you want to be defibrillating me on the floor at some point. So, yeah, I had this big life dream of building my own brewery and distillery and, you know, making really fine beer and spirits. But the old kicker wouldn't let me. So here I am. I am a certified bourbon steward. I am a beer Cicerone. I am a wine Samole. I have all the certifications. I've done all of the training. I uh, work in a distillery, but that all went to bot. So people find that interesting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You are a man of diverse interests, right? Photography and then everything else that you share. Uh, yeah. What in life are you most grateful of right now? I would say my family. I've been able to reconnect with uh, my mom and my stepdad several years ago, kind of rebuilding and re that relationship. So I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to spend time with my mom, um, my wife and my kids. My daughter just got married here this past August. Like, I'm really grateful for how well um, I've been blessed with an amazing family. Um, they support me in everything that I do. They kick my butt in places where I need to, and they hold me accountable where I should be held accountable. So I'm pretty grateful for my family. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think what I am getting present to is that uh, like the entrepreneur's life is full of ambition of seeing and taking initiative. But, but what you are showing is you're also coming from a very grounded place, a very stable place. 
uh, where you can you can focus on the long term as well, the relationships as well, and then you know, even if you're missing opportunities like you shared with your health and drinking, you're still very grateful. You're still making peace with that, and you're still moving ahead, uh, full stream, right? So for anybody who is listening, who is an entrepreneur, who is losing their balance, right? Who is struggling to manage all the priorities, all the what advice would you give a business leader or an entrepreneur like that? So I would give a couple of pieces of advice. First, surround yourself with other people, right? So under compliance risk, I have a technology advisory board. There are members of my TAB that I know, that I trust, and that help keep me in check. They're not my family members. That's a different accountability piece, right? So surround yourself with people that build you up and you know walk alongside you in your endeavors, right? You don't have to do this alone. There are people that are willing to help you, right? So build a network, build people around you. Um, technology advisory boards are great, especially for SaaS-based startup companies or any kind of entrepreneur company, right? Get your key players in place. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's so relevant because uh, so many people and so many leaders uh, take a huge burden on themselves and take the whole responsibility by themselves rather than asking for help or giving others an opportunity to help, which people want to do, people want to contribute. So thank you for sharing that, right? A asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of greatness, right? Um, to an extent, I mean, you can't always beg for help, help with cry wolf, but you know, asking for help is something that I, I learned early on in life was like, I don't have to do this alone and I can ask for help when and where appropriate and people are willing to give it. Thank you. That's golden, golden wisdom, right? It's exactly as you said, right? It's a sign of strength. It's a sign of greatness that you know where you're standing and then you're not afraid to be open, to be honest about that, right? And to end our conversation, right? Anybody who's listening who wants to find out more about what you're doing or reach out to you, what is the best way? that anybody can connect with you and- Sure, so you can check us out at complianceRisk.io or you can email me, complianceRisk.io um, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Timothy Golden. Yeah, I'm pretty much LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm pretty much on all the platforms these days. Uh, who knows about Twitter going forward? We'll leave that for another episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Okay, Tim, thank you for everything that you have shared from your diverse experiences and like the very grounded, stable uh, sense of wisdom that you have shared with us. I am sure everybody who is listening will take a lot of value out of it. And I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. This was great. And I look forward to uh, more conversations with you and your listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. That's it. For this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta, I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. 
this is what I do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of to make sure you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership